Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Good. Yeah. What's going on? Wait, good. What's going on? Answer. Good. Okay. Cool. So it's that. <laughs> Not kind much. Of I'm good. I, yeah. I had a week. It was Thursday. I was on a call, and I said, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a build for this thing uh, by the end of the week." So uh, I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. End of the week is tomorrow," and then I had the realization. That up until that day, I thought every day this week was Tuesday. You ever have a week like that? <laughs> yeah, or every every day feels like it's like it's kind of a Friday as well, especially when you get closer to the holidays, where like no one is around, and you're kind no. of looking around, and you're just like, "This is kind of a waste of time. Why am I here?" <laughs> and you just kind of leave every day. You haven't had that at a job where it's like you have you just happen to work like between Christmas and New Year's, and you're kind of sitting around being like, "There's nobody here." And why am I here? And then you just kind of leave every day at one. (laughs) I, well, it's interesting you put it like that because that's been every day in the office (laughs) for like the last year. I've been going into the office now almost every day, but I'm one of two people. So the people mainly in the office is like on a regular basis is me. I'm probably in more than anybody else. I go in like every day now just because I'm more, I find myself more productive there. And then there's the, then there's the office manager who's there at least four days a week, you know? And then, uh, yeah. And then other people will just kind of go in, in and out. Some people are there like three days a week, some two, some one, some zero. And so I don't really have the feeling where, wait, why am I the only one here? Why, you know, cause I am the, always the only one there. And it's just a way to get away from my apartment, get away from my stuff, so to speak. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I, I think, the future of what we're going to do about this working from home thing is going to be very interesting because the yeah. cat's out the bag, right? Like you can't, you can no longer tell me for a long time, right? Especially in my industry, we've been told it's not possible. It's not so much that like we don't want you to. It was always, well, it's not possible. It's not set up for you to work from home. And you're like, okay, fine. I'm not going to dive into that. But sure, maybe the IT guy, maybe there's some logistical reason why we can't do this. That changed in three days across the world. Of like, mm-hmm. oh, so um, we're all going to go into lockdowns now. So, yeah, um, we'll get you set up. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, this took you this took you like 24 hours to get me to work from home. Yep. So I, I just I don't see how they're going to be able to undo that. And I think it's going to be this forever where it's just you kind of you roam in if you want to. And unless your company forces you to come back in, it's going to be like, oh, I'll come back in for half a day. And it's mostly because like, well, I need to go into the city for something else. So I'm just yeah. going to stop by the office. But on a day-to-day, if I wake up and decide, meh, I'm happy here, then you're just not going to leave. And especially when people start having kids and families, like, no, I want to stay home because, I've you had, know. I, I've had those days where I'll just be like, yeah, I feel like I feel like working from home or, you know, whatever for, for various reasons. But for the most part, I'll go in. I, it's just a matter of that separation. And I think part of it's because of, you know, living in a small apartment, right? Yes. So yeah. I have I have two options, right? I'm either in the room where like I'm sitting at right now, I I have my bed to my right, and that bed is very comfortable. Right. So it's like, hmm, nap time. <laughs> yeah. And then uh there's like always there's a there's a TV in both rooms, right? Then and then in my other room, which is my living room, it's just a uh, you know, that's that's the big TV that's got all my consoles. A lot of distractions there to kind of do whatever. Now, there was a I, there was a point where I was in a really good rhythm at working from home. Um, but then as time went on, you just kind of 
got into some somewhat bad habits every so often. And it wasn't so much that the work wasn't getting done, but it was like work was kind of getting done at all various hours of the day instead of being like, nope, I'm going to get all this stuff done now. It's like just just the ability to focus became harder over time for whatever Mm. reason. So, you know, I and, and it's not like and at that point, it wasn't even all right, well, I could go to a coffee shop and start working because I'd be more productive there than I would be. If I needed to get away and focus somewhere, then that's what I would do. I would just, you know, cross the street, go into a coffee shop. But um, it's but just that's part it's of the reason why you point. live in a city like New York, too, though, right? Like, I, I live in a city that that is, you know, it's it's not like there's so many things to do in town, so to speak. And as people start moving further away, like you can just very, it's not like I go out to work and I have access to all of these awesome New York style things. So yeah, that's why. And again, most people in New York, when I lived in New York, I mean, you saw my, my apartment, it was a box. Like, so it's like, yeah, I want to get out of this box and go see stuff and walk around. Yeah. Where when you live in other cities, you know, and you've got, you know, you live in a house or you live in a bigger apartment or, you know, there's not as much stuff to do. I can see people being like, well, if I don't want to live in New York, yet I still want to work for my company, I just move somewhere else, which is going to be, I think, the thing that stops people from doing this, especially in New York, when they're going to say, like, well, actually, if you want to work for us, you can't just go live in Kansas and make a New York wage, right? Like, the New York wage is a bit of, we know you're going to live in a shoebox, but you're in this awesome playground of everything. So that's why you're getting paid so much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the best Mediterranean food places is um, is one block away from my office yeah. so that's also a pretty good incentive to go to the office yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah I totally i've been eating yeah. i've basically been eating a salad every day for lunch yeah yeah but like, I, I get it like you're in new york like i wouldn't want to st- be stuck in my little tiny studio apartment if i was still living there i'd be trying to get out i'd be trying to go to work and walk around so yeah yeah it's not too bad though but i do understand what you're saying although it, it's it, i always have like this kind of it's not so much that I, I basically can't walk away, but every time I think about like, yeah, I think I'm going to go a little early today because I probably could. It's like, yeah, but then there's all this other shit that needs to be done. <laughs> so it's, a, it's been very difficult to even get away with that at this point, especially with all the deadlines uh, I'm working against. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Who knew releasing yeah, four I, games in four months would be a on every console would be a substantial undertaking, yep. especially during the release, during the submission and release parts of those titles, which is yeah. now. And, and look, and I guess your job is a bit more, it's a bit more contacting people and communication and, and uh, gathering things together, where I think if you are really just technical focused there, if I was an artist, if I wasn't in a similar position as you as kind of being a, a manager and talking with people, if I was just an artist, I think I would, I think I'd never leave my house because it's just me with my headphones on and I could do work and get up and make, and make a lunch in a way that's not in the community space. I just, I think it totally depends on what your job is of whether or not this working from home thing is going to exist. Cause I'm way more efficient at home for the few months. I was just an artist and not having to really manage anybody. And it was great. It was great. I got so much, I got all of my work done in like a four hour window and the rest of the time I was at home, <laughs> which made it great. It wasn't like I was in an office kind of being like, oh, well, maybe I should just go home. It's like, well, no, I can actually just, you know, I can wait for my stuff to finish and come back. So I'm going to go take a two hour lunch. Yeah. And that was, that was the best late, part. Yeah. That was the best part is like having dinner at a reasonable time and then being able to like cook things and prep and do all that stuff is like, I can actually, I was actually able to do that. Whereas once I go back to the office and I'm getting home at 
seven o'clock again, it's like, well, I start cooking and then I'm eating at like eight o'clock. And then at that point, like it's already kind of late for it. So it's amazing how fast you slide into bad habits. And yeah, and they're not necessarily bad. They're just different, but they, let's say more costly habits. I've eaten a lot more tacos. Let me put it that way. Plus yeah. <laughs> tacos, number one, uh, really great tacos. Had those last night. They were good. And um, it's a weird system you do to order. But they also have, and I've only got this one time, they also make a taco where the tortilla is made out of cheese. Oh, I think they okay. could. Yeah. So it's like a yeah. fried, kind of a fried cheese? Yeah, exactly. Like they mm. put a bunch of yeah, exactly. So they fry up fry up the cheese until it's basically like a tortilla esque consistency, and then they'll throw whatever kind of taco meat you want on there. Mm. And uh, this place and their El Pastor is something special. It's really good. And you know, if you want us to be obviously, you're already breaking the whole vegan thing. But if you decide, you know, maybe I'm going to take a step down and go into the vegetarian thing, you could have a cactus taco. They have okay. cactus. Yeah, sure. It's okay. I don't yeah, have sure nothing against okay. cactus. It's fine. Yeah, cactus is a is an interesting one. Like it's just a, it's a, it's an interesting. You, it's something that you wouldn't think to eat, <laughs> right? Like just on the outside, yeah. you're like, but plenty of things are made from cactus, like agave, right? Like obviously tequila and mes- mezcal and and agave syrup, and yeah, and you can cut the cactus fruit up and put that in a taco or make it a taco shell. Like yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's okay. It's got it, you got to cook it right. You know, it could be kind of slimy and chewy and weird. Um, yeah. It's it's just a texture thing, yes. and I don't know why, but I just related it to like people who have like who eat crocodile or alligator. Cactus is basically the the crocodile of the of the plant world. We could agree on this, right? Sure. Yeah, of like exotic type of plants. It's just like, why are we eating that? <laughs> just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like got a similar, I would imagine, like I've never eaten crocodile. I've had the, I've had the opportunity to eat crocodile. I don't think, I think I've eaten Uh, alligator, not crocodile. There was, um, I believe it was crocodile. There was a place in Buffalo called like the crocodile. No, wait, crocodile lounge is in, is that New York or is that Buffalo? I got a ticket outside of one of those (laughs) crocodile lounge. Okay. So so maybe it, it is maybe the alligator bar in Buffalo. Let's see here. I think this is the one. Yeah. Oh, it was, no, it was croc, crocodile bar. It was croc bar. Yeah. It's closed now. Rest in peace. Um, but about like once a year, they would have this thing where they would actually serve crocodile. And I didn't go. I never tried it. So I missed the opportunity. But I did get a ticket outside the place. Because that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Different time, though. Different yeah. time. Yeah. Buffalo came up recently because I found a, I was recommended on YouTube a like this vice special on a guy who opened up an Indian an Indian barbecue place. So like Southern barbecue, but with Indian Ugh. flavors. The, the, I was like, the, this sounds incredible. It sounds incredible. Yeah, it does. But can we talk about like fusion food? He So the thing is, the guy did not like the word fusion. He didn't like it. Of course it. he Of course he did. Because he was using. it is. <laughs> Is it though? He said yes. fusion. This was his excuse. He said fusion is more like forcing two things together. Uh, <laughs> so Southern this Indian was, barbecue. That sounds a little forced. Well, basically, he makes the barbecue like as they would in the South. That's largely untouched, but it's more like the sides and the barbecue sauce has more as like a different as like is a um, is like it's more a of a curry sauce. 
yeah, it's like a curry sauce and he's making a ch- there's like size of chickpeas and that kind of thing. But it's- that is something that like traditionally if you're looking at regions of places, those two regions don't like it's not the same food. Like you don't get chickpeas in Alabama. Yeah, but he's an Indian guy making uh making Texas barbecue. Yeah, but the, but that, I guess that's my point though. He's saying it's not fusion when it's like uh it is fusion. That's exactly what it is. It probably is. He just didn't like the word. Yeah, he's being pretentious. Yeah, I guess. Look, I don't kinda doubt that hard, it's good. Kind of hard to be pretentious in a Buffalo warehouse. What's what's the wild What's the wildest fusion food that you've had? Like the combination of food. Hmm. I mean, recently, wild or like what's just, made just an impression? Inter- I guess just interesting. Just one that's just different from like because normally what the the real basic one is like. I'm trying to think of a real basic one like the Mexican well, let, fusion food, like right? Tex-Mex. Where it's like. You, well, Tex-Mex is probably the, the original fusion, but yeah. I would say like if you kind of put like some like Korean Mexican food together, like I've had like kimchi tacos, like that type of fusion yeah. is kind of, I would say that's kind of a become more of a standard type of fusion. Like okay, Japanese so the fusion, fusion with something is all is a very common one as well. Okay. So um, where Greg works, his the restaurant he's at, they it's a Japanese Italian fusion spot and they and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm like sure have, it is. Yeah. They have breadsticks, which are actually like fried or baked um, uh, seaweed. So it's like nori breadsticks. So they're like these really long, thin breadsticks, but they're really seaweed, but they taste like bread breadsticks. So they have this rice cake, um, this uh, rice cake lasagna, which is incredible. It's like one of the best dishes ever. Of all it's, of the fusion cultures, Japan is, I would say, between Mexican food and Japanese food, those are the two most common, right? Yeah. To fuse with something else. I mean, I, I like, you put Indian food in anything. There's a place that does um, Indian tacos. And it's a bit of a cheat because there's not much in the form of Mexican as much as they basically repurpose all the Indian stuff as Mexican. So you have like a taco, but it's really non bread and you're eating like tikka masala in the non bread. And then your, um, what is it? Like your chips are, what was the chips? It was also something Indian as well. And they were just kind of like, everything's in quotes, right? That's how they did it. But man, was it good. I think that yeah, I, just, I guess taco, Indian food taco is mahal. The- so, yeah, I, I guess Indian, Indian food. food is the new. So do I, but I think Indian food is fusion is is a fairly new thing within like the last five years, right? It's polarizing. Uh, yeah. Indian food doesn't have that immediate appeal to people because it kind of well, turns off a lot of people. Like well, a lot and it's of, the spice. Let me let me, right? let me rephrase. It turns it's off a lot of white people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the spice that's the problem with Indian food because I think yeah, a lot of white them. people are a little scared of it, right? And especially because I mean. If in the in the funny thing is in the UK, I think there's more Indian restaurants in the in the UK than any than any other restaurant, and it's yeah, like well, Indian food is huge in the UK. In yeah. But it's like yeah, it's like it's kind of getting like the mildest of the mild and any side type of spice for most, not most. That's not fair for a lot of white people. It's just too much. But I would say that's probably a generational thing as well, right? Like younger younger people are more willing to try different types of foods and spicier foods. I would say that your your average your average 16-year-old white Amer- American has tried has a spicier palate than their parent does. I would argue. Yeah, 
I think they're just more open to things. I yeah, mean, they're just more open to, to, to... It goes back yeah. to the thing we talked about early, uh, like a while ago, which was that, you know, millennials have killed the chain restaurants. Because yeah, 100%. We, we have more taste. We're not eating at Chili's. Like, Chili's is like Chili's in, in Outback. Like, that stuff was kind of novel to a different generation. Where for honest, us, it's like, well, if there's not some type of fusion thing here, or there's not... Like, how many people really love Japanese food just by watching anime? Like there's um, there's millions of them of people who have who found that they really enjoy ramen and a lot of it's because of you know content and culture. Well, it's exposure. Like, oh, that's interesting. It's it's, it's not so much stuff that yeah. wasn't exposed to someone who's got a father who was in World War Two. <laughs> it's like it just it's just different, right? So yeah. Yeah. can I be real? I I I like I like chilies. Go ahead. It's been it's been a long time since I've had chilies, but and I like I and like, I liked Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, solid. Back in the day. That, you that, get that, that blooming onion? Bread? That bread? And the blooming onion? Like, yeah. Sure. Like, come on. And red lobster with the cheese biscuits? Like, come on now. Overrated. I said it. Oh, 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 oh you take that back. You I will not. take that back. No, I you're going to take that back. What? Nope. Say it again. I want to hear it. I want to hear the full sentence of you saying this blasphemous nonsense. <laughs> the cheese biscuits and red lobster are overrated. Wow. I'm hurt. The cheddar biscuits yep. are overrated. Now, Lies. Here's the thing. You know I'm not a big cheese guy. So, therefore, they're overrated to me. I'll, I'll amend it. To me, I find them overrated. But that's I just don't get excited by cheese. I just don't. Those biscuits are delicious. <sighs> give, me a, give me a KFC biscuit. Oh, you're uh, over a over a red lobster cheese biscuit? Absolutely yeah. not. That that's that's a lie. Absolutely no. not. For the people that listen to this podcast, I want to know what's better, the KFC biscuit or the red lobster cheese biscuit. You're out of your mind on that one. KFC biscuit. Yeah, you're Now imagine a right. good one. Not I'm not talking about a stale one. I'm talking I'm about t- like a legit No, I'm talking about the good of both. Like again, I'm sure yeah, a stale right, right, red right, lobster biscuit yeah. isn't any good, but yeah. Like, now, I think like the a, only Red Lobster I've been to was one in Times Square. So maybe I'm getting a bad representation of Red Lobster. Be. And it's only been one time. <laughs> you might be. Like, you I haven't go to gone Red Lobster, to the Detroit Red Lobster. You, you got to go to a Red Lobster where there's a bunch of black people and it's somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, you want a say, good Times Red Square Lobster? checks off that box. Like Yeah, it's just it's not better than KFC's biscuit. I would say the best biscuits I've ever had are, are Bojangles biscuits. Never been. Yeah, Bojangles Missed biscuits the and sweet and the sweet tea at Bojangles. I I thought I was gonna have diabetes. I like I just immediately you drink one sip of that thing and go oh, okay. This explains the South. <laughs> it explains why everyone is 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 very heavy because that Explained tea is very sweet, today. but it's very delicious. It sounds sounds like a lot. To, yeah, uh, so like uh, you're just wrong on the biscuit thing. Like I don't okay. think you should be allowed to judge biscuits. I feel like that's an area of expertise you should just leave alone. I'm too too far north. Yeah, I just you, you shouldn't too be far able to north talk of the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, you just you just just we should we should move on because the, the biscuit comments are just asinine. Like it's just no. Okay, fair enough. Um, before we get off the food thing, I will say that I made a matcha mochi waffle this weekend. I feel like you could just start every single podcast with I made a matcha mochi something. Like it's almost like we can just play. It's been a while. Board. It's yeah. been a while since I've been, um, you know, on my some of my my uh, weight loss journey. We'll say. 
Um, I've dialed back on the matcha, on the mochi, not the matcha. Definitely the mochi as I've gone to more like whole wheat and oat flour uh, as substitutes, you know, because that mochi stuff is, that rice flour is heavy. Gluten free. But it's but it's uh, you could tell when you're when you're filling up that cup and weighing it out. You're like, ooh, this is this is dense. Like this is there are no air pockets in this thing. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's let's make this thing. And I did. And it was fine. It was a little too thick for my liking. Um, it was a recipe that did not call for matcha. And I think by adding it, it just added too much powder to thicken up the uh, the recipe. So I didn't balance it out much. Um, but hey, you know what? Still tasted good. Can't complain. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So solid. But would I recommend it? Eh. I don't think you need to go out of your way for it. Be perfectly honest. You know, I could admit defeat. Anyway, look, I got two stories here. One, which is definitely in the reddish, bluish, blackish Jewish camp. So we'll talk about that after this first one, shall we? This is one that you've, you've put on my radar. So let's get into it. Reading from the Asahi Shimbun, Asia and Japan Watch. Police on the hunt for monkey running wild in central Tokyo. Multiple reports of a good old animal story. It's been a while. Good old animal story. I love them. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Multiple reports of a monkey on the loose in central Tokyo have police going bananas trying to find the primate. I love that. <laughs> of course Thank they are. Thank you. This guy is a, this is a journalist right here. Tokyo police from November 1st have received a string of reports of sightings of a monkey believed to be a wild one. At around, <laughs> well, wait a minute. The- well, you have to specify because there's enough people who have monkeys as pets. Really? That- yeah, like if the monkey had a collar, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's somebody's pet monkey that got out. They're not supposed to have a monkey, but they got one. Okay, fair enough. At around 5 p.m. on November 1st, the Metropolitan Police Department Kitazawa Police Station was alerted that a monkey was spotted up in a tree at Setagaya Hashimangu Shrine in the capital's Setagaya Ward. At 8.05 a.m. on November 2nd, a resident called police telling them, quote, a monkey is hanging around, end quote, near Kombaba Todaimai Todaimai Station on the Keio Inokashira line in Meguro Ward. Have we been on that line? Probably, right? Probably. That's And again, this is close to like Shinjuku area. Hmm. Okay. Like it's it's in that area of like Setagawa is close to Shibuya and Shijuku. So this isn't like some rural part of Tokyo that you're just like, oh well it's not like no no, oh, yeah. this is where there's millions and millions of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm looking at this place on the map, like where it actually is, where that station is. Yeah. And um, you know, before this we were saying, yeah, we should go back to Japan. And let me tell you something, I got a lot of green flags. I got a lot of places I want to check yeah, out. Yeah, a lot Japan. of places you've been, you and the monkey seeing the same sites. <laughs> No, it's a lot of places I want to go. Uh, okay, because, I thought you uh, a lot of places that you've already been. And I'm not gonna lie, you might you might ditch my ass like halfway through because it's all it's a bunch of like masha sweets. Oh, Moving God. on, <laughs> <laughs> the station is about four kilometers east of the Setagaya Shrine. the The Metropolitan Police Department's Meguro Police Station then dispatched dispatched its officers on to hunt for the monkey around the station. On Twitter, multiple people have posted videos capturing a monkey climbing a power pole and crossing wiring over a railway track 
accompanied by comments such as, quote, I saw a monkey in Kobaba Todaimai, Todaimai. The neighboring Shibuya ward office also received a report of a monkey sighting in the ward on November 2nd. There have been no reports of anyone being injured by a monkey, officials said. So this is a nice monkey. Just mind his what, own business. What about the opposite? Has anyone hurt the Like, why is all this going to do? The monkey hasn't hurt anybody. Like, the monkey's not doing anything. He's just being a monkey. Yeah. But municipal officers have alerted residents about possible monkey encounters and warned them not to get close to the animals, feed them, or make eye contact to ensure they lock their doors Don't at home. Don't make eye contact. Don't, Don't look at him. <laughs> Don't stare it down. It's like if you've seen that, if you've seen the rundown, you know what not to do. Don't just like, oh no, wait, that wasn't a monkey. That was just like, oh, that there were monkeys in that movie, but the stereo yes. was actually with a with another person. Anyway, monkey sightings have been prevalent in Tokyo since around August. What? At least one sighting has been reported in Kita, Itabashi, Taito, and Bunkyo wards, as well as Chofu, Komai, Higashi, Kurume, and Kogane cities. In late September, a monkey was captured at Hana at Haneda Airport, which is located in Oda Ward. Oh, I didn't um, know they captured a monkey in the in the airport. Monkey's trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, I should look that one up. Monkey Haneda Airport. So, like, this has to be like when when humans go away for a while. Well, they right? got a video, right? The the animals have to come out and go. You know, maybe it's safe now that those that those animals are are away (laughs) that those animals are gone and now we're back and the monkeys are like well wait a minute it was great without you here no one was chasing me i could live a very charmed existence and there wasn't a bunch of people running around screaming every time they saw me yeah i'm looking at a video of this monkey this monkey looks drugged up (laughs) oh the one who got caught the one who got caught in uh, yeah i'm watching this this is from nippon tv news 24 japan youtube and this monkey yeah. looks like he is he is in a different planet. <laughs> is, well, when they zoom in and they focus on the yeah. eyes at the and beginning. And he's just like, yeah. oh, man. He's like, oh, I can't believe they caught me. Oh, Would have would have gotten away with it, too, if it was a few meddling mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, look, I mean, Tokyo's got to be a pretty good place for a monkey. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot, lots lot of, of things to climb, yes. jump around, lots of lots poles. Lots of places to hide. Yeah. Crosswalks all over the place. Like the, the overpasses, I mean, where you could like climb up. You got like jungle gyms everywhere. <laughs> That's it's funny. This is a monkey, monkey. Looking, looking at this cat in some of this footage. There's all this footage from September of this monkey running around. And they show like this video of the cat and the cat's looking at the camera. Oh, like, yeah. Like, what is this? Because <laughs> cats are just running around in Japan. But he's like, wait a minute. What's this? What's this thing? What's this little weird human with his little Yeah, hands? the way he turns towards the camera. Yeah. It's like, you see this shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see this monkey? <laughs> Come on. So this is my yeah. stoop. Monkey's like, don't worry. I'm just passing through. It's like yeah, Ferris so Bueller I, again, running through I town. Didn't, I didn't realize that there were... I mean, I'm not surprised by this, going the fact that the, the infamous monkey story that we've had in Japan, that there aren't just monkeys just somewhere hanging around Japan, but apparently they are. Apparently, like if you probably go an hour into the hills somewhere, there's a bunch of monkeys hanging out. I guess. I, I mean, how many monkeys are in... I guess they are native in some cases. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have I to just... be native. Yeah, like there's got to be the Japanese macaque. We've talked about Japanese macaque. Right. They're everywhere. So there's some native. But you just, I guess you just expect it 
that you know that they would be far north or somewhere where there's more woods and trees and you know area that just aren't even though japan is very hard to find places that aren't populated by humans but mm-hmm. i look at this map of what's where they're populated and they're everywhere they're all over japan so this is like kind of seeing like kind of like seeing a squirrel <laughs> yeah you know i was thinking the same thing because i'll look outside i have like there's power lines or something or some sort of there's some wires that are connected to some box outside of my window right and i'll see squirrels running across that thing all the time and i often wonder if it's the same one i like yeah, to you're just like this. imagine before new york when new york was was with native americans before the, the dutch came over and ruined it yeah it was probably just a ton of squirrels and animals all different types of deer running through manhattan right like you knew that there were like it was just like wilderness and then the white man cometh and, and makes big skyscrapers that we all enjoy. <laughs> but, Some would but argue like it was the original gentrification. New York. Well, yeah, getting rid of all those uh, all those pesky deer and squirrels. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? I wonder the if that was the, the original gentrification, though, had to be like way back before that, right? It had to be like Rome or one of these places. Like the original gentrification, like, I feel like New York's maybe a little late in the game. That, that that was a planned gentrification that's happened before. So yeah, like the original gentrification sure. has to be some historical, you know, Rome used to be woods and forests and then someone built a Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, well, it has to be like the first the first major town, right? Yeah. Where it's like this this is ours now. We're by the we like this river. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna stay here. Yeah, Thanks. like Egypt or something like that, right? Where it's like a bunch of tribes or something, and then someone mm-hmm. comes along and just goes, you know, we're going to build a pyramid. And everyone probably complained, like, why are they building a pyramid in the middle of our desert? And it's like, it's our, not our my desert backyard. Now. Yeah, desert and now. then they're like, well, you know what? Actually, we're not going to build the pyramid. You're going to build the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can't live here. You got to live and, over there outside. Yeah, outside yeah and matter of fact, there. here's some chains. And um, here's, oh, here's a bowl like of... No, yeah. not like bling. Well, sure, maybe. Um, if, if that's what you think they are, then great. But then, yeah, and then you're going to listen to this guy who's wearing this funny headdress um, who's going to tell you that he's he's a descendant from from an ancient god <laughs> as you build world. his pyramid. Yeah, different yeah. world. But yeah, gentrification is, I'm sure gentrification has happened long before New York. So in, in credit to New York, it's been, you know, other cultures have started gentrification. Hey, have you clicked this link that I just sent you to the Happy Pancake? <laughs> wow, the Happy Pancake. Have you? So, do you spend your? This is actually saved on my list as well, and maybe it's because nice. you asked about it, and I said, "Fine, <laughs> I'll save it." Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't go here. <laughs> it's, it's down the street from where we because I pr- I probably found out about it afterwards. Look. How do I find these places? Instagram mostly because my uh, search. Yeah, sure. When I when I go to my search page on the Instagram, algorithm has you pegged right, so it's the not beautiful algorithm, women or clothes or funny videos. It's pancakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Sheba's and matcha stuff. Very it's wholesome. Algor- the, the, the algorithm matcha is like, Man, this guy. This guy's just a good pancakes. guy. He's just a nice guy. Yeah. There's also <laughs> there looks like there's a raccoon here as well trying to. Trying to climb up on this person's uh, pants right now, which is pretty hilarious. Oh, there's a little penguin there too. It know it knows what I like. It knows I like uh, happy shit, and I'm a and I'm a fat fuck. I'm so sorry, that's, are you that's are you on are you on TikTok? No, I'm I'm too old for that. So am I, but I'm I'm surprised that you're not though. But I think, but Brittany yeah. did just send me a TikTok. Like she'll send me TikToks because I could watch them on the browser. Oh my god, and um, no, this is adorable. <laughs> 
It was an adorable <laughs> TikTok. But like, I, I just don't understand. So I feel like, I think I tried to get on TikTok once. I was like, I don't get it. And then just uninstalled it. Well, it's because I, it's one of those things that I don't, I tend to watch, I tend to browse the internet silently. Excuse me. And I think TikTok involves audio. Like, that's the whole point of TikTok. Yeah. Like it's people with true. sounds and music and, you know, it's people doing things to, to audio where I tend to browse the internet silently. It's it's not a, unless I'm specifically watching a YouTube video, my everything that I own is on mute because I don't mm. want to hear your crazy pop-up sound that's going to scare the living daylights out of me. But TikTok is very much an audio experience that to me is just, it seems, to, it's not something you want to do in public. It's like you want to listen to something in, in, like quietly. So yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's one of those things. I think if there wasn't an audio component to it, I might check it out. But just the simple fact that I watch Alice using it and I'm like, this isn't for me. And she's trying to explain to me the algorithm will tailor content that you want to see. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but people love I'm it. Good. They do. People love it. What the hell is this? I was, I was, again, just like clicking through these things that I flagged. I got this place called the Shibuya Bar, at the Legless Arms. And I am looking at a dick glass right now that is a um there you go i don't know what to do with that <laughs> i don't i don't either i'm just kind of looking at it i don't know if you're supposed to drink out of it or like what if like things go in at the top and then you just drink it from the tip it's like it's kind of this weird weird glass contraption but then again there was a glass that i drank of which was like a um which was a bird shaped thing in mexico and there was a straw that was put in through like the the tail feathers and you drink it through that so maybe it's a similar similar deal here Either way, it looks like it would require a pretty um a pretty precise pour. Anyway, whatever reason, that's on my that that's also flagged. So look, we got a whole bunch of places to go. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. So let's move on. Let's do this um let's do this story and then um because this this one could get a little long, but it's still um but then we we could talk about some of the movies we saw because I, I saw Eternal, so I could talk about that. Yep. Play some games. I'm sure you saw some stuff. Haven't seen Doom. Yeah, yet, I've I've just been playing Metroid, so that's my. There's not much. I haven't watched many movies, although there are some things that I do want to watch. Uh, but enough. yeah, all right. So here we go. Reading from USA Today: How a little-known New Jersey truck driver defeated a top state Senate power broker on less than ten thousand um, dollars. So if you're not familiar, Tuesday was election day, and it was mostly a bunch of uh, local elections. Uh, big, big uh, story that got most of the oxygen was in Virginia, where the Republican beat the uh, the Democrat. And it was a uh, despite the despite Virginia going towards Biden by like over 10 points, it then went it elected a uh, Republican mayor, uh, Republican governor, which is very strange. But there was a bunch of little stuff that happened. And this one was probably the weirdest one. State Senate President Stephen Sweeney, one of New Jersey's most powerful Democrats, has lost his re-election bid to a little-known trucker, according to a call of the race Thursday by the Associated Press. But the apparent winner, Edward Durr, that's a hell of a name, declined a de- declined to declare victory Thursday. Sweeney, a union president who's held the third district seat since 2002, could not be reached for immediate comment. Sweeney's apparent defeat has caused turmoil in Trenton, where Senate Democrats have postponed a leadership caucus originally scheduled for Thursday. Quote, 
Due to the closeness of several state Senate elections, the leadership caucus scheduled for tomorrow will be delayed. And quote, Sweeney said in a statement that announced the delay on Wednesday, quote, the caucus will be rescheduled once the results of every Senate election is determined, end quote. The Senate bid was the third campaign for Durr, a furniture company delivery man who lost races for a Logan Council seat last year and for a third district assembly seat in 2019. The Associate Press did not call other third district races, but Sweeney's running mates, Assemblyman John Berzicelli and Adam Taliaferro, was also seemed in jeopardy. Quote, mathematically, it's over, end quote, Steve Cush, a strategist for Glowchester County's Republican organization said Wednesday morning as results showed GOP candidates in the lead. Those results had Sweeney trailing Durr by about 2,000 votes. Durr on Thursday pushed back on an oft-repeated storyline that his campaign spent less than $200 to unseat the Senate president. That was the big thing. It was like he spent less than $200 and he spent it on Dunkin' Donuts. Durr (laughs) says he spent somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000 in the campaign. Quote, it's a story I keep trying to squash. I just don't understand because that was prior to the primary, end quote, the senator-elect said. In October 26 filing with the State Election Law uh, Enforcement Commission shows a $153 expense for the 3rd District Republicans joint campaign covering the cost of food for poll workers and campaign literature. But a campaign filing on Wednesday showed additional outlays of about $2,160 from Durr's account for campaign literature, signs, and other expenses. That's still not a lot because here we go. In contrast, on October 4th, filing by Sweeney for Senate showed spending of how much do you think this guy spent? Oh, God. I mean, at least a hundred grand. You're right. Do you want to go higher? <laughs> I mean, if it, I mean, it's it's obviously I'm like, wow, you should have should have paid a lot less money. I mean, 150 grand, four hundred ninety thousand five hundred seventy six dollars and forty six cents, which is very specific, including four hundred thousand dollars to a joint campaign for the third district Democrats. Other spending included more than $7,000 for political meetings at restaurants and more than $50,000 directed to other Democratic campaigns. That left Sweetie's campaign with a balance of almost $800,000, a number boosted by more than $116,000 in contributions received later that month. Sweeney and Durr ran neck and neck in portions of the district in Gloucester and Cumberland counties. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's funny that I was able to I, read all those Japanese words like with yeah, I was going to say, but, but not areas like close to where you grew up because <laughs> it's English, English is hard. Voters in Salem County appeared to push Durr into the lead. Tuesday's election results also show GOP candidates apparently beating two other long-term, long-time Democratic officials in Gloucester County, Commission Commission Director Robert Daminger and Sheriff Carmel, Carmel Marina. So that's the end of the article. But you got to imagine that when they're talking about liberal elites, this doesn't really help negate that sentiment. Well... I I guess this is the – I've got a bunch of thoughts on this of one – again, we sort of talked about this before, but again, the the Democrats are great at losing. Uh They find ways to lose that that most people are always like, how did you lose this race? Like how? Because there's something that the the Democrats are just disconnected from from reality. 
of, you know, for me and you, we say the ideas and things that they're preaching about align with our own, yet there's just a disconnect from the average human being with that party. And this shows it, because I look at this and go, this is actually not, like, it's hard, because I'm sure this dude's got some real wild views, right? Like, it, it just, I'm just guessing that he's said some stuff that he shouldn't have said. But, say. but him actually winning, I think, is good for politics because it shows that you don't have to have half a million dollars and win an office because that's what it should be. Winning, winning an election shouldn't be about how much money you spend. It should be about do the people in your district or the people in your neighborhood or the people in your state or the people in your country, do they, do they think that you bring good ideas to the table to make their lives better? That's what you're voting for, and it's got nothing to do with how big your war chest is or how many connections you have with other politicians. That's not the point. So this guy, able to spend 200 bucks on a box of donuts as a truck driver, his ability to win means more people will go, well, if that guy can win, then I can definitely give it a shot, and that's actually what you need to make better politics. That's kind of what AOC – AOC was the one of it's the, the same thing, like, right? Yeah, same, big exactly. upsets, but that was within same, her own party. Yeah, but again, same same thing, right, where it's like – you know, that they weren't going to, and they still, AOC struggles to get sort of endorsement from her own party. She's kind of an outcast in her own party. The Democrats have a real problem where I, I know that this keeps being like, I, I, they've got a real good chance of losing everything in the next three years. If, if, and again, not necessarily Trump, but I could totally, I would not be surprised if another Republican came out and completely wiped the floor with Joe Biden in three years. I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. Yeah, it's possible. Because they the find a way to lose. That they, the other thing is that the optics for Democrats is horrible. Although I'm a little confused why, like, there's this thing going around now where every all the Republicans are rallying behind the term "Let's go Brandon," which is code, which is a shitty for, code for, for F fuck Joe, Joe Biden. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is very weird. I don't know why they hate Joe Biden. He hasn't done anything. And that's well, why they just they that's why Democrats are so that's yeah. why Democrats are so demoralized because it's like yeah, they're demoralized because they can't do anything. It's like they're so goddamn picky and they can't do the things that they actually want yeah. to do as a party. And that's well, this why this infrastructure bill that that's so loaded with a bunch of nonsense, which again, the Democrats are and this is this is what I struggle with because I, I if people like ask me what I I'm not a Democrat. Like I don't I don't agree with 49% of what that party had. Like, I just don't agree with a ton of stuff that the Democrats do. But for, for, for a long time, the other side has been so horrific of like basic human yeah. rights things. You're just like, well, I can't vote for you either because you're, you're a monster on the other end. And it's why American politics are so broken. But it's also like, I totally understand why a bunch of, you know, right, very right wing anti, all the stuff that we're swirling around and an everyday truck driver spending 200 bucks, why that would appeal to you. Like, it, it makes sense to me. I'm not surprised at all that this dude lost. I just look at this and go, well, the Dem this is why the Democrats are a bunch of losers. And they're always going to be a bunch of losers who happen to, you know, they land upon an Obama, a once in a lifetime person and charismatic leader, and they waste it. And it's just all, it all goes for nothing. And it's yeah. super frustrating to watch. Yeah, like everything, the things that the Democrats want to do, like I align more with their ideals, but a lot of their methods and the extreme side of it is just as annoying as the extreme yes. side of it. Well, not as as annoying. I'll say uh, it's, as but that. it's but close, though. There, there's moments yeah, where it's, it's like, it like, like, let's be honest as well. Nancy, 
Nancy Pelosi, and as we say this, they just passed that $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Oh, they finally did? Yeah, but Nancy Pelosi is not likable. I can't stand Nancy Pelosi. I think she's extremely grating and annoying. I really do. Like, it's it's well, it's just like, I just don't, like, every time I, she's just as bad as the Republicans are when she gets in front of the media to explain something. I've seen her argue with reporters in a way that I'm like, that's the same way Trump does it. It's no different. But Nancy Pelosi in her 80s, right? She's got to be 82, 83. Oh, yeah, she's old. But that's my point of like, she's not likable either. So to pretend that Nancy Pelosi is 81. some saint that's going to save us all, I think is one of the most laughable things ever. She's just as bad as they are. Only she's not a she's not a monster when it comes to like basic human rights, which is the like it's a shame that that's where we are. Where it's like I'm just gonna be with you because you seem to not hate my existence. Like that's the minimum. That's like the minimum requirement for me to vote for you is that you don't hate me or the color of my skin, and you actually want to give women's rights. Like that's the, like that's bare minimum stuff. And it's like the, the Democrats can't capitalize on the fact that, like, you hit the bare minimum of not being absolute monsters, but then you pass a bill that's filled with a bunch of crap that's got nothing to do with infrastructure. Yeah. Frustrating. It, that, yeah. But then they had this whole thing for, like, the Build Back Better plan and all these other things. And apparently, like, it was – there was additional taxes there for – like people earning over $400,000 and corporate taxes and these kind of things that was actually meant to pay for those expenses. And the problem is the way they talk about it is it's like, Oh, it's $3 trillion. Yeah. That's over 10 years. It's not actually what it's going to, it's not like you're going to lose this much money right now and the actual systems there, but there are enough. They really set all the landmines for themselves to step on that that are just easy fodder for Fox news and these other, and these other outlets to jump on and blow up their spot. And it, and it, and that's enough ammunition for the two moderates in, you know, Joe Manchin and Christine cinema to be like, no, we're not going to do it. And one of them is just like, well, you just can't raise corporate taxes. Well, why not? <laughs> why yeah. not? And, yeah, it's, and that's the, the most obvious yeah. pandering because, oh, right. Cause they're, they're giving you money. Because that's lobby, and, that's like lobbyist money, and it's just a whole bunch of nonsense. And if if you would actually do the things, like you got Republicans coming in, they're going to come in. What do they do? They give tax, they give tax cuts, and they wonder, well, why is the debt going up? It's like, well, I wonder why. All those people should be paying tax, they're not. And there's there's all these. It's just like it's so frustrating because all they needed to do was the things that people voted for them in to do, and they won't. They do didn't them. do it. They won't do now them. people don't vote for them and they and they say, well, what happened? And, and well, it's we, pretty straightforward. The, oh, and you're yeah. fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is that you're virtual signaling and annoying. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. like the whole canceling thing. Like again, we me and you, even me and you have gone back and forth on this, where I, I tongue in cheek tend to look at the other side and go, Well, this is what but like that that's gonna grate on everyday people just trying to live their lives and this is why we just have these wild pendulum swings back and forth and why it frustrates me is because we get nothing done you yep. get nothing done you give the let's give the democrats a chance well they blew that they messed it up don't don't you know charge corporations anything but they do enough to be annoying that then oh look we swing back to the other side where trump's our president now and he's gonna make it all free for all and look oh you know well you know you know black people i'm the best thing that has ever happened to black people okay well we can't vote for him again let's vote for joe biden back we go oh look nothing like it's just we just keep doing this back and forth 
And it's because all these people at the top are making money off of it. They don't really, it doesn't make a difference to them who's in. Makes no difference. They're all kind of the same at the top. And we too busy arguing about basic human rights at the bottom. So, yeah, like, I'm not surprised. This is going to keep happening. Like, Democrats are losers. Like, again, the Republicans are monsters, but they find a way to win. Yeah. The Democrats are decent, but they're losers. Because Democrats are good at making taglines without giving a shit they're about good at losing. That's what they're good no, at. No, I, I meant Republicans are good at making, um, are good at like making relatable taglines. Yes. That are yeah. easy enough to latch onto. And, and it's so silly because Donald Trump's not relatable to, he's not relatable to anybody. No, but he's and a moron. he became the people's president. And it's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. you're nothing like me. You've been a, you've been a fake millionaire with a silver spoon for all of your life. And yet he somehow find to relate to a guy who drives a truck. How? Yeah. <laughs> How? And the Democrats will never figure that out. They'll never figure that out because they're a bunch of losers and clowns. And yeah. this is where we are politically. <laughs> so, and I'll keep voting for these losers and clowns because they're not monsters. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Or you hope or maybe um, what's his name? Um, Andrew Yang. He started he started a third party. So there you go. That's gonna yeah, save like the I, day. what what do you think? And I, I would love to have we used to have uh who was your friend that we used to have? Oh Chris. Was, yeah, yeah Chris, Chris Beck. Really, he was really he's really politically savvy. I'd i I wanna know what do we need to do to get a third like a valid third party? Like what would need to happen for that to be realistic? Because look, New Zealand system, while it's very similar because there really are there's the national party, which you can kind of say is a get it's like it's like the more the Joe Biden version of the Democrats, but with with the odd Marco Rubio in there. <laughs> so they're you could kind of consider them the Republicans, even though that's not a real accurate depiction. And then you have Labor Party, who's in charge, which is Jacinda Ardern's party, and that's a bit more of the the liberals. But even so, they're not you know they're kind of center as well as far as New Zealand is concerned. But then you have the Green Party, which is an actual legitimate party here that wins seats in Parliament and has you know they party with Labor to run a government. You've got ACT. You've got all of these different parties that make up the government. So while, yes, the overwhelming majority is Labor and National Party, there are, you know, a smattering of 10, 15 seats that can sway an election by partnering with those parties to go, okay, we're going to run the government with the Greens and with and with a different party, with New Zealand First or some other random party. So, like, there's it's kind of a two party system that has a third collection of wheels that can swing an election. And I just don't know if that would ever happen in America where you can actually have because the Green Party is on the uh, is on the ballot every year. There's always some random president like, hey, you can vote for this guy, but they never have a chance of winning. And it's kind of throwing away your vote. Yeah, it needs to because you can't just do it from the top down you got to go from the bottom up that's really where it has to start yeah and all these third party people just come in and they're just like yeah we're just going to run for president it's like why no one knows who you are you're not making any money and you're just a spoiler at this point so what they really need to do is you need a third party running for governor or even start even lower and start mayor school board like get people who aren't just r's and d's get independence or rally behind an actual set of ideals and be like hey we're going to start we're not going to start running presidential campaigns cuz that's too expensive. No, 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 no. What we need to do is we need to start doing we need to start getting these guys into mayoral and mayoral races, building up credentials. Did you got someone like getting in? Who's the woman who they ran from the Green Party? What was that woman's name? 
I, I know. Um, I know you're talking about. It. I don't, don't remember her name. As soon as you Green say it, Party like, oh, yeah, candidate twenty twenty. Yeah, it's like something. Not that Howie Hawkins. No, 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 no. Twenty sixteen. I mean, maybe that was the guy in twenty. Jill Stein. Yeah, Jill Stein. Yep. Jill Stein. Like what? What was her? Like her title is American physician. Like she. Does she have any political experience? No, and that's but always it's one the of those first thing. Where Bernie Sanders is an independent. Mm-hmm. And why does he? Why are we not able to get Bernie Sanders as a legitimate third candidate? I mean, his time is done, right? That was his last. He might try again, but that was his last legitimate shot of possibly becoming president. But Maybe, why no. he felt the need to switch to being a Democrat for for you know a hot minute? In order it was the to, only chance he had. But th- th- but that's the annoying part. Like, but if do you the not Green think- Party was serious, like the Green Party would actually then put people in in mayor seats. Like that's what they would run for. Yeah. Like look at that, and they would try to run people in districts. Because look look at this. I'm looking at the count here on Wikipedia. Right. Seats in Senate zero. Seats in House of Representatives zero. State governorships zero. Seats in state chambers zero out of 1972 seats in seat seats in state lower chambers zero out of 5411 it's like they're not trying they're just like yeah we're a political party also every four years we tried out some rando to try to to, to fuck up the elections for everybody else it's like yeah, it's you weird. have to actually get to the state like there's a state senate there's state representatives there's all these other places where you can start seeding that influence and showing that your intent to do something and can do something but it's not just, hey, we're going to take the presidency. And then when you don't, it's like, well, we'll try again in four years. It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. You got to jump into these off year ones. If that trucker dude could win by spending less than $10,000, surely someone with any sort of experience. It's like going into a company and only applying for CEO every time. <laughs> it's it's like it doesn't analogy. make any sense. It's a, gr- it's a great analogy because that's exactly what it is. It's like, how about you work in the mailroom first and work or your work way up? Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's literally them going in and applying for CEO every... I'd like to be the CEO of this company, please. And it's like, who are you? <laughs> no one yeah, knows who you like, are. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. So that's that's why you're not going to get it, because these guys are clowns. So yeah. once you once you actually start getting some influence, it would be a slow process. Like My guess is you wouldn't have another viable third party. If they started today, you wouldn't have an actual viable third party presidency until like 20 years from now, which would be yeah. great. But yeah, you actually have to do it right. And taking away that influence from the from the chambers, diversifying that, that's an enormous step in the right direction because then you don't get the stupid ass gridlock. It's like, hey, what does the guy in the middle think about this? It's like, hey, we got to convince five of these guys to get us to a majority. Cool. They're the ones who aren't going to hopefully get swept up in because the third party path is pretty straightforward. It's like, how do we get economic sensibilities with minimal influence from lobbyists? And uh, and just basically ignore the whole culture wars going on. Like that's you get those two things in there as the top lines and you're, yeah. you're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, look, I think I think I think Democrats are in trouble. Like I really do. I would not be surprised. I'm saying this now if Trump actually won in 2024. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd actually be more surprised if Joe Biden, if those two are up against each other, I'd be surprised if Joe Biden won again. Yeah, it'll be weird. It's going to be weird, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hold a breath. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the good sh- thing is I don't have to. I don't have to get something every day about Trump. Like my my life is completely shifted away from politics, which I guess is part of the problem, right? 
I have no interest in politics when it actually seems to be quietly not a train wreck. But when it's a yeah. disaster, I can't, I, I can't get my eyes off of it. But now that it's not like, well, what did this clown say today? It's like, well, now I can go on with the rest of my life. It's great. It's, it's you know, I, I don't feel on edge. But that complacency is exactly why he's going to win again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, enough of that shit. Let's, uh, let's move on to a little media therapy. And let's start with a question. Who's older? I'm going to butcher this name. Greg, this is for you. Ma Dong Suk, a.k.a. Don Lee. Don Lee. Or Paul, or Paul Giamatti. I don't know who this is. You'd have to this expl- is the like, guy, have to explain is, it to me. Like, he yeah. plays Gilgamesh in The Eternals. He was also in Train to Busan. Okay, yes. New- I know what you're talking about now. Yes, gotcha. It's kind of this buff... Buff he's a big guy. Korean dude. He's a big, he's a big Korean, Korean guy. Dude. Not yeah. very tall. He's no, only 5'10". He's wide. <laughs> he's wide. He's definitely wide. Although, yes. this is a fun one. Why don't you tell me this? Not only who's older, but who's taller between him and Paul Giamatti. Oh, that's an interesting one. I'm assuming Paul Giamatti is taller, and I'm going to assume that he's older. I'm going to assume that he's 55 or 56. Because okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Train to Busan here. So, and that came out, oh, when did Train to Busan come out? 2016. Uh, was it that? Was it I'm 2016? Looking it. I'm literally looking okay. at it right now. For some yeah. reason, I thought it was like 2014. Maybe he's younger then. If that was only 2016. God, time is starting to just it's weird. run together. <laughs> yep. Strange. 2016. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to change it. I think, okay. oh, I think they're close. I think they're very close. I think oh, I think it's going to be like a month apart. It's going to be some crazy. I'm going to say that he's still older, though. I'm going to say he's a month older than Paul Giamatti. Okay, well, you're wrong on both and, accounts. And, and I'm going to say oh. I'm going to say Paul Giamatti's taller is also my guess. Well, you're wrong on both accounts, and I like how you oh, still wow. committed to that even after I told you you were wrong. So he is he's four years <laughs> I wasn't younger. Listening. I was trying to figure this out. Yeah, he's four years younger than Paul Giamatti, and he is one inch taller than Paul wow. Giamatti. Wow. I got that. I think that's the first one I've completely just gotten wrong. Yeah, usually pretty close. That's a good one. Um, but it's also the that's first time one. I give you the height one, which is interesting. Yeah, and anyway. it's it's because I'm 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 looking him up now, and yeah, yeah, yeah he's a it's a wide dude. I would not want to see that dude in an alley. Well, his power in um, in Eternals is just that he like is really strong and throws some punches. Yeah. It's big, strong, solid dude. That dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this dude I'm, is. Uh, I'm like, got a thick neck. <laughs> I got, yeah, I, I, I was just about to say a spoiler, but I won't do it. But let's just say he he may or may not punch a lady in this movie. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense in the. Is moment. Angelina Jolie? I'm not saying. Okay. Someone might be listening, Cause, and cause I'm not gonna. Because I'm, I'm looking. Because you know, on the cover of. The cover of Total Film, it's the two of them. It's Angelina Jolie and Don Lee. Yeah, well, they're all they're all kind of together, but there's a lot of lot of ladies in this movie. Because you got yes. Selma Hayek. We've done Selma Hayek before. It's a star-studded cast, which is part of the reason why I think it's right now it's the worst reviewed Marvel movie of all time, I believe. Which is kind of rude. I'm not gonna lie. Because I, you know, saw the movie. I liked it. Is it it's it's the most different, but of course you got like uh, what Chloe Zhao, who's the yeah, director which, of it, which is and, which is the 
which is why Marvel sucks <laughs> because like they're trying to do something new. Yeah, and everyone complains that it's not the old stuff. No, it's the it, well, it's the critics. You know, you you can't. Yeah. I'm not going to judge it by then. I bet people Where's my origin of it are going to like it. And it's like, we're tired of watching origin stories. Well, where is it? And then it's like, great. So now Marvel's just going to keep making origin stories. Well, no, you get, you're getting a lot of, you get origin, mo- origin story and current story. But the audience score is like 86%. So I yeah, guess the, but it's like Marvel, it. right? The, the audience loves Marvel. Marvel cares about the dollars. Thor yes. Dark World is a worse movie than this. Okay. Straight up. That's the, that's the benchmark for me. Because that movie's like the worst. This is a better movie than Thor Dark World. This is a better movie than Age of Ultron. Like, uh, yeah, it's okay. not a. This is not a bad movie. Okay, I, this is this is not a bad movie. It is, but it is definitely unlike any other Marvel movie because it it takes its time. There is a lot of fat in this movie that could have been cut just for the sake of you know. How dare you talk about Don Lee that way? <laughs> He's not fat. He's muscular. He's he a very muscular man. But there's there's just a um, there's a lot of like hanging on scenery, a lot of odd hangs on like some there's like a sequence where some dude's just getting the shit kicked out of him and they just hang on to it for a long time. There is a sex scene in this. Did not expect that. Um, <laughs> like I don't think we've gotten any of those in a Marvel movie before. And it was very strange. No, I was like, this is a good this point. Is, you, this you, is you, get the, weird. you get the hints. You get the hints of romance, of relationships, of romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, you get the hint of that, but you don't tend to get it drawn out. They tend to not take their time explaining to you, Hey, this is a real thing. It's like oh, heavily this isn't, implied. This isn't drawn out either. It's like, you didn't need it. Like there's, yeah, there's sure. a sequence. There's a sequence in this movie where you're you're learning that like these two characters were in a relationship then like yeah confess that he likes her all right cool she likes it too they kiss and then it's like okay great they're in a relationship it's like no we're not done no we're gonna see these two fucking it's like okay cool why did we do this well because this is a marvel movie but but look though to be fair chloe zhao was while she was working on this movie she won an academy award that changes things right Sure. Things. Sure. As it should, quite frankly, right? It should change things. You you're now a you know, you're now a celebrated director, and you might want to do not as many Marvel-y things with your Marvel movie. I want to do Chloe Zhao things because I just won an Oscar. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's that's kind of that's kind of like, yeah, you know what? That's valid. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, there there's definitely some weirdness in the movie, and it's probably because of just her style of filmmaking, which is fine. Yes. I like the fact that it's something different. Um, and on the whole, I did enjoy the movie. It's two and a half hours, which is long. Oh. Uh. It's not. And that's why, that's why there was a lot of these moments where while they were happening, I was like, you could have, you could have cut that. You could have definitely made this movie a cool two hours, yeah. but because it's just the style of it. I'm like, okay, fair enough do your thing. And it never really felt long. I was just conscious of those things because I knew the movie was two and a half hours long. I also really had to pee. Um, so <laughs> that's, I got a small bladder. What can I say? Small person, small bladder, just how it works. Yeah. And uh, small <laughs> yeah. So look at the end of the day, fun movie. I'd really be curious to know what you think about it because mm-hmm. it's so different than the other movies like this. Anybody can see this movie and and whether or not they give a crap about Marvel, but considering it was the same deal for um, Shang-Chi 
and that movie was was incredible and this movie is just good i think that's um you know you're going to you're going to hit these low points but even low marvel is still pretty fun this was more artsy it was more ambitious you got an enormous cast to deal with but you know they all they all pretty much did their own thing um there's some really bizarre stuff that i would love to talk to somebody about like greg about like what they did at the end of this thing with one of the characters where i was like huh interesting <laughs> and yeah there's uh it, it definitely went places that i wasn't expecting it to and i know nothing about these characters but i still had a good time yeah so now now just for for disclaimer i mm-hmm. i worked on this movie <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the credits of this movie. So if you watch it, and see if you can find my name. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go stay again afterwards that, because yeah. there's Marvel crap at the end of every one of these dumb Marvel movies, right? So just yeah, so just now, watch it. There are stay at the there end are and two credit scenes. See if you can find me. <laughs> yeah, there are two credit scenes. Uh, there, there's one mid credits and there's post credits. Um, the post credit one is pretty cool. It hypes up, I think, some of the TV stuff they're going to be doing. But the mid credits one. And you know you haven't seen this, so you can't comment. This is my opinion only. As some well, of the don't, worst, well, you don't know. Well, you don't know if I've seen. Oh, I, I think I think I've seen the other one, yeah, but I haven't said, seen. Well, I asked you this yeah. before, and you said you have not seen it. But I'll say it has yeah. the worst CGI I've seen in a Marvel movie since. Oh shit! I don't even know. Like yeah, it, it's it's awful. It's been a long time. Like I'm trying to think of the last like because there tends to be pretty good. Bad. It's pretty. Yeah, like there's yeah. normally nothing that sticks out in Marvel movies. You're like, well, that was terrible. It tends to be all pretty good. Yeah, this was this was bad. Like it, it's just a pure CGI character, and it just does not look like. Well, it I would say the original whatsoever. Thanos that they showed because the first time Thanos shows up, it, it's he doesn't look like he looks in the in the newer movies, right? Like the original Thanos is a little ropey. So there was, um, he was in Avengers, just looking for a right, picture Right, at the end, it. right? He's at the end, but it, it, he just looks different. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would kind of be at that level. Yep. Yeah, because again, okay. it, it was fine. He was just kind of on this big random throne, and it wasn't the detail that you see. Yeah, they zoom in on his in face. The... It's very grimacy. Yeah, he just looked like, he just looked like Grimace, where Thanos, yeah, I'm looking at it now. He kind of looks like Caesar from Planet of the Apes. But then, obviously, yeah. Thanos when he's in the when he's a star in the movies, he looks great. So looks like a pervert. I'm not gonna lie, he looks perverted. In this <laughs> well, weird, Thanos he looks like looks you know what it looks like. He looks like something a- out of he looks like something out of Odd World. That's what well, that's looks like. He just looks like he'd drive a white van. <laughs> like the odd, like the Odd World suit characters. Like what are those things called? The Mudokins? No, that's not what they're called. Yeah, These they really fixed the- Thanos for the Infinity War stuff. He looks great there. Oh, the Gluckins. If you look up a Gluckin, it kind of looks like that. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell that. You're going to have to spell that for G-L-U-K-K-O-N. Gluckin. A Gluckin. Yeah, a Gluckin from Oddworld. Oh, well, that's what, the, that's what that's, the dude, that's what his, that's what, what Thanos looks like. Black, Black Maw, right? Doesn't Black Maw look like one of the Oddworld characters anyways? Black Maw. Uh yeah like, yeah he also yeah, he right? also kind of looks like a little little gluckiny yeah sure yeah he's got a he's got a bit of a gluckin face that yeah, uh-huh. that is that dude's name look at me I don't I don't even pay attention to it half this crap but I knew his name right he was the, I, I did not know that he was guy's the dude name. that yeah, Robert Downey Jr called Squidward <laughs> and it was all oh, oh, oh Robert Downey Jr's making jokes again it was all that so yeah yeah the gluckins man Odd World Odd World should really just be a bunch of movies because that series give it time cool stuff you've you've now put it out there 
So when it happens, you can claim that you spoke it into existence. I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet, to be perfectly honest. Because those things tell some pretty good stories. Like they're more, um, they're very like political. They're very um, like anti-capitalist. It's it's interesting. Like the whole the whole premise behind that uh, behind that series. God, yeah, it's just weird. I just always found the give, stitching on his mouth to be just very unsettling. Forget that, man. Just, just give me a Stranger's Wrath series of like this this bounty hunter shooting uh, fuzzles. Like that's all I want. Give me that thing. And if you haven't played Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, it's on everything, including the Switch, and I highly recommend it. Anyway, yeah, the, the the designs and stuff are always cool. But yeah, speaking of speaking of western, speaking of you know western type of things. Mm-hmm. I am. I have not been this excited, and I feel like I'm going to be let down by this for a Netflix movie ever. Then to watch the harder they fall. I don't know what this is. You don't know what this is. You've not heard about this. Is, is it, it, it is an Western? all black? It is an all black Western movie that has been produced by Jay Z. It's got everyone in it. Everyone. Oh, look at this: Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Regina King, Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, he's in it. All right. Everybody. It's got everybody in it. I am 86% on tomatoes. Wow. As soon as I get off this podcast, we we you should watch this. It's on Netflix, so you should watch it and we should talk about this next week. I I don't I want to do a spoiler version of this because there's a couple of genres that I I really enjoy when we lean into and make them different and the western genre is one of them. And putting a bunch of black people in a western and telling a black western story about black cowboys. I'm in. I'm in every single time. So I'm in, yeah, so I'm I'm extremely excited for this movie. It was one of the other things I want to talk about. I haven't seen it, but it would be great if you can watch this and then we can do a spoiler version of this. All right, you watch it. This looks like it's going to be uh, very messy. Yes, I think it's going to be very messy, but I think I think you can get through it. Power through. Or do you want me to watch it and let you know if it's Yeah, let be... me know. Give me give me okay. the sniff test there. Okay. But yeah, it's one of these things that I'm like, you know, there's, you know, I'm waiting for the first black sci-fi because it's coming. And I would say Black Panther is the closest we've gotten to it. It it might have happened. I just don't know what it is. You'd have to tell me what the first black sci-fi is. I was trying to think. There was definitely a thing that came out. What was that movie? What was it? Um, What, A Wrinkle in Time? I guess. Was that more fantasy? (laughs) It's more fantasy. I'm talking about like Star Wars level type of like again for me like black panther is why that became all of a sudden super everyone's like well that's cool this is a futuristic black society that's awesome but and yeah like i think all the discussions about black sci-fi and afrofuturism like black panther really kicked that stuff off i just haven't seen much leaning into it yet have you seen um have you seen iron sky i've not seen iron sky no (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. I didn't see the sequel, but yeah, they basically—it's uh, technically uh, got a black protagonist. Yeah, but I'm, in, I'm talking who's like in, well, who's in white face the whole time because they the Nazis on the moon turn him into a white guy <laughs> to fix him. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy ass movie, and uh, do I recommend it? It's up to you. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that like I like the like you know that that I see this becoming a genre of like it's one thing for westerns because westerns are great anyways, right? Like westerns are one of I mean it was it was the most popular genre in film for for fifty years. 
mm-hmm. before we started to branch out into other things, right? Like the the Western, it was always the, I mean, that's what my, that's what my own parents grew up. Like my dad grew up on watching Westerns. So I like anytime a good Western comes out, which is why the whole Rust thing is disappointing because anyone making a good solid Western I'm in on, it's the one genre that I like, I'm not going to go, I don't seek them out. Like I'm not a big Western fanatic. I can't tell you about every single Western that's ever been made. But you put a good Western in front of me, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a watch. Yeah. Huh? Cool. Huh? It's exciting stuff. It's yeah. It's got me so a sequel to Iron Sky. The, the other the dinosaurs other... <laughs> in it. Holy shit. I, I, should, I, should I find this and watch this? <laughs> Holy shit. Definitely watch the first one. I'd love to hear your impressions of it. <laughs> I've not watched this, but maybe I will. I'm going to go search it's, for it now. It's gonna, wild. <laughs> Iron Sky, because it's like, kind of plays off the idea. So Iron Sky plays off two ideas. One, Sarah Palin is basically the president. Oh, geez. Two, the Nazis had a secret base on the moon, and they're still there. Have you watched the second one, the Iron Sky, no, the Coming I'm Race? Not, Is that the second one? Realize, yeah, I didn't realize okay. that was a thing until All right, like well, a few I'm minutes ago. I'm going to download that as well. I am. I am stocking okay. up on Iron Sky movies. <laughs> I, it's just like the first one, the press. I mean, I, I spoiled the twist with the with the black dude I, in it, but I, I, I wasn't. Still, I mean, yeah, like you told me, but it, I'm sure there's still more going on. It's still funny. Just the idea of it. It's wild. Anyway, I'd be excited to hear your impressions of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Um, so the only other thing that I've done media wise is played Metroid Dread more. Yep. How do you like it? Um, I got to the first big monster boss and haven't beaten it yet. I just I was playing it and I was and I was hungry and I was like, well, I'll come back and I just didn't have a chance to come back. It's the big thing with the scorpion tail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah, oh, I'm not far. Sure. I'm not far. No. Take your time. Um, I like the puzzle aspect of it. It can be a little frustrating where. It's the the thing that annoys me the most, other than the controls, which I, I I'm okay with because I'm not playing anything else. Yeah. But like the random just shoot around and hope something breaks is a little annoying. Yeah. Where I thought I, I was it. stuck for a little while, and then I was just started. I got to the point where you're just like, well, let's just shoot stuff. Bah, 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 bah. And then so all of a sudden it's like, oh, this wall is actually destroyable. And it's like, well, that's kind of lame. And so now I just kind of run around shooting stuff. Which is that's probably kind of bit of the point because it's not you have unlimited ammo, so you can kind of just shoot stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but again, I'm I'm enjoying it. That's a very like of of all my gripes, the style of the game is cool, and the fact that it leans into the fact of well, this is a Metroid game, so we're not going to try and go over the top with awesome things. It's just like it's cool. You get all these different types of weapons and rockets and suits that can stick to walls and all this stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I will beat it. Um, so yeah, but I, I would just say it's one of those games that I would say, if you have a switch, you should own this game. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. I actually gave, I gave Drew my copy. It was funny. Cause I Drew's like, I just bought, he's like, I just bought Metroid. And we were actually, it was last week when we were uh, grabbing dinner at Greg's uh, bar. And he's like, I just bought Metroid. I was like, wait, have you opened it yet? He said, no. I said, perfect. I reached into my bag and I had my copy with it with me and I just handed that to him. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. So now after now you funny beat and, it, I don't yeah. think there's much to do after. No, it seems like it's one of those things that you play and then you leave mm-hmm. and then you're done with it. So funny enough, I think I, I think last week I gave you I gave you grief about Shinigami Tensei. 
And I didn't realize that I said that knowing that there's a new one of these games coming out like next week, right? Or is it already out? Did you give me grief for it? What about it? I think I did. I was like, you're you're gonna talk about some ra- like I was talking to, or may- maybe maybe it wasn't on the podcast, maybe it was off the podcast where I said you should start a stream because you play random oh, games yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sh- like yes. Shimagami Tensei. Yeah. And jokingly enough, someone at, someone at work had brought this up to me because they knew that I played Persona. It was the person mm-hmm. I talked to about Persona that was extremely excited that I played this game, and they were shocked. And I was like, well, you know. I'm a I'm a multifaceted human being. I can play things that you wouldn't expect me to play. And this game comes out next week. So I had a very yeah. long discussion about this game at work yesterday <laughs> about how awesome this is. And, oh, you should definitely play it. And it's very much like Persona because you fuse things and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I, I I wanted to ask you about this because apparently this – I didn't realize there was a new version of this thing coming out in like a week after I said that. So they announced Shin Megami Tensei Five when the Switch was announced – that was when they first announced it and it's finally coming out. And the, this is one of the strangest marketing campaigns I've ever seen because every day up until release, they've, they've shown a, they've released a video on YouTube to show another demon and there's like 200 demons. So they've been doing this thing for like almost a year to just show every single demon in the game. And the weird thing is they're the same demons in every other Shin Megami Tensei game or Persona game or even Tokyo Mirage oh, so, session. Wait, so they're, the same, last year. they're the same across the, the board. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, I didn't know that. Look Similar that. to how Tokyo Mirage session is. It's like there's all these different spinoffs and they all have the same thing. So you always start with like a pixie and then there's the Jack Frost, which are there, uh, like all those things are all the same. It, they all have the same kind of fusion mechanism and all these other stuff. So there are key differences. The first of which is Shimigami Tensei games are v- extremely difficult. Like really, really ruthlessly difficult, even for a turn-based game. Hmm. So you need to really understand the mechanics of the game. Um, I did play quite a bit of four and I played a bit of Strange Journey, which was supposed to be three, but then they ended up calling it something else because it was like too sci-fi and didn't take place in Tokyo. So they all have the same premise, which is like they all take place in dilapidated Tokyo after like some sort of apocalypse scenario. And there's like a bunch of demons. And then there's a uh, there's like this dynamic between heaven and hell. So there's always three endings at least which is like the heaven ending, the hell ending, and then the neutral ending, which is like humanity. And those are like the core tenets of the games. There's also a reliance on, it's not like Persona where your party is different people. Your party is actually comprised of the demons Uh, you collect. So each one of them is a party member, and then yourself usually is a party member. So it's kind of like Pokemon with you being able to fight Pokemon. (laughs) It's exactly like, it might actually predate Pokemon. Um, So because Megami Tensei, was actually the original and that game came out let's find out the first release was in 87 wow yeah which is definitely before pokemon yes so shin megami tensei uh that first one was in let's see release was <laughs> I, i'm just thinking of a pokemon game where you can 92 just like, and, like punch pikachu <laughs> yeah this is a lot darker. Yeah, this is like 92. And you fuse them together. So it's like, don't get attached to any of these things because you're going to basically, yeah. um, you know, you'll die. 
That's what Persona so, was too, though, as well. Like, yeah, you, exactly. At some point, yeah. Doll fused them together to make some crazy yeah. monster. Yeah, so it's got a lot of the same hooks. It's got the same collection element. It doesn't have the school life thing. It's just like a hard RPG. Like, you're just moving through these kind of dungeons. This also has more explore- exploration and some platforming. It looks cool. It looks great. Originally, like, the first impressions I heard were actually not as good as I was hoping they'd be. But then as I'm listening to more of it, I'm like, ooh, I kind of do want to play it. But I made the mistake of starting Neo, The World Ends With You, and that's like a big RPG. So I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have done this. Well, look, but I'm going to I'm going to play this game. My the, my coworker oh, nice. are, 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 are now my are now my employee <laughs> or my, you know, my my the person that I manage, my contractor. Yeah. Sure. Is, Some guy has talked about this. Some guy. So I'm going to I'm going to play this. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to play it. Um, I'm excited to hear what you I, think. It's, it's just very funny because I gave you, I was like, oh, you play these weird, obscure games that nobody knows about. And then I'm about to play this weird, obscure game that nobody plays, that nobody knows about. It's like, I didn't realize that there was a new version of one of these games coming out when I said it. It's just one of those names that I pulled out of the sky that's that's strange enough that if you said that on, on if you said this on the street to your average gamer, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one does because it's the first one that's been released on Switch. And that's, look, um, to be honest yeah. with you, for as much and again like it's one of those things that i i there's two things i've been definitely wrong about Mm -hmm. right deadpool being a flop yep (laughs) it's like the big one very wrong Mm -hmm. and the switch i was i was dead wrong on the switch i was completely wrong that's right um so yeah it's one of those things that if it's on a switch game i'll buy it before and i own a ps4 i barely play it barely so it's, it's just because it. the Switch is just, it's one of those, it's just a more convenient, and I've, I've been playing Metroid Dread on my TV, so it's not that I'm playing everything handheld either. It's just for whatever reason, if it's on the Switch, I'm more likely to buy it than I am if it's on my PlayStation, just because there's the possibility that I can pick this thing up and walk away with it. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird psychological thing where I, I'm pretty much just reserved to the fact of like, you know, I'm just... As much as I would like to pretend that I can sit down and play a console game every night, I just can't. And, and so for being RPGs able to, like that, it's perfect. Yeah, it's like perfect. I can I can take it up, I can take it with me, and I can take my time playing it, and it's great. So I'm gonna buy this game, but I will beat Metroid Dread first. I don't want to. I have a bad habit of starting games and then never finishing them. So I do want to finish Metroid Dread, and then I'm gonna play this game, and I'm gonna only play this game until I beat it. I'm gonna, I want to try and beat a game. A big RPG cool. game because I never beat Persona Five because it was on the console. It was on yeah. PlayStation, and I poured a bunch of time into it, and then I just stopped playing it because it's on. I, I got if I could take this handheld, I would have beat it because that's what happened with Persona Four. I was in New York, and I just had this thing on my Vita and just picked it up and played it. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you like it. Uh, speaking of which, so I got I got a few games that I've finished, and then there's a. And then I could also talk a little bit about the Steam Deck because I got to use oh, one yeah, for, right. uh, for, uh, yeah, you know, for the first time today. So which one do you want to hear about first? Uh, let's hear about your games. Okay. And then and let's hear Steam about Deck. and then okay. let's hear about the Steam Deck last. So I so I finished Lost Judgment on Xbox, which was a fantastic game. There was a scene in this where I was like, man, at this point, some games or some actors in games should be nominated for Emmys. Now I know that there's like video game awards and that kind of thing but seriously some of these some of these performances really this looks stuff. like a souped up shin shinmu <laughs> shinmu well that's what the yakuza games are it's just yeah. another yakuza game it takes place in japan but in yakuza it's all about the well 
the Yakuza and Lost Judgment, you play as a detective solving mysteries. And this was the most brutal of the franchise. And like, yeah, like the weird little mini games. Yeah. Yeah. This is funny. I'm I'm just watching a YouTube review of this with with silent. And it's just like all the weird little mini. I, and again, I should play more of these games because I really enjoyed them, but it's just, it's one of those things where like, I've got to play it on a console, but yeah, continue. Sorry. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. I mean, the like Yakuza games usually has someone like losing a finger, and I mean, in one of the games, someone gets hit with a sledgehammer. But this game is like really, really violent. Like yeah, there are some messed up yeah, things, yeah. and this one covers themes like the core um, of the game is around a bullying case that led to a suicide, and then they um, and then like a person who was uh, sexual assaulted on a on a train, like a groping case, and. Yeah, this, your protagonist gets tortured at one point and you're there in first person. It's like there's some nasty, nasty stuff in this game. Um, but God damn, is it awesome? And it plays with the dramatics. Like anytime you get into a boss fight, it'll jack you up more than anything else. You got to see some of these boss fight intros. Like there's one where you're you're in this you're in this bar and then your your buddy gets stabbed and then the villain comes and then you're like all right but i gotta beat the shit out of this guy before before i help my buddy who's been stabbed and then you throw him against this pool table and then he slams down his hand on the pool table to make all the balls pop up and then you're like slow motion intro card right while the balls are like flying up in the air right before you go into this fight you're like yeah let's go and you just like get jacked up and they do something like that for every boss fight yeah, in the yeah, game. yeah the fight it's scenes amazing. are all very shinmu it's like kind of like you kind of do the fight and then it sort of switches into like hit the button combinations together to like continue the story of the fight yeah it's cool yeah um yeah like i, I, I i'm gonna have to send you the um the the intro to it yeah because it's like one of the coolest things ever here i found the video and um you, you're gonna dig it so this game was awesome I had a blast, um, but like all these games, they're all kind of the same. They all basically play the same, yeah. but it's it's just so awesome. And um, yeah, I play one of these games every year and they always keep the quality up. They nail the landing. The storytelling is great. It's really good at spinning a yarn. The characters are a delight. And yeah, it's just had some really impressive performances. I play it in, um, again, follows my rule of if it's in if it's in if it's Japanese people in Japan, they're going to be speaking Japanese. So yeah. it's the original uh, the video. The video I sent you is actually in English, but whatever. You get the general idea. It's more about the the animations, the theatrics of it all. Oh, yeah. they, Again, like the, the animation and stuff up. is really it's really well done. Like it's really put together like this. You could easily watch a, a movie with this. And and if the story is good, you don't care that it's all, you know, CG. Like yeah, like yeah. looking at this action scene, and they're and he's swinging around on him with the knife, and you're rolling around. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, you could totally watch a movie like this and be totally into it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. So anyway, yeah. That was, so, so so is this a PS5 game, or is this on PS4? Uh, as well? I played this on Xbox on Series okay. X, but it's on. I think it's on all of them. I think it's on PS4, PS5. The original was on all those ones as well. This is, yeah. I think, the tenth. Yakuza game. I've yeah, it's amazing how they the can series. just keep pumping out these or the games. Yeah, technically the tenth if you include Kiwami because I played the original one and two. I played on PS2 back in the day. Three, four, five on PS3. Six on PS uh, PS4, which was awesome. And then they remade oh, Zero, which was a prequel, 
on PS4 as well. Then they remade one and two as Kiwami one, Kiwami two, which were on PS4 as well. And then, um, but I think I played one of those on Xbox and then um, Judgment and Lost Judgment, which are a separate series. Oh, and then of course there's last year's Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is a turn-based RPG, which is probably the best game of any of them in the series. Hmm. Um, but they're all awesome and they just get better at them. And what's even, what's going to be interesting is what happens next because the director of this series just left Sega to go work for Tencent, I think, which is crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which so, is a very has a lot of money, Tencent. <laughs> yeah, so what, we'll see what he comes up with, but um, yeah, big fan, love it. Um, looking forward to whatever. I'll probably be playing a sequel to last year's Yakuza next year, and I'm gonna and I'll be there with open arms day one. Uh, other game I played, uh, Yoku's Island Express. Played through that again on Switch. Uh, I think I've talked about this before, maybe even last week, but the um, that game is a delight. You play as a dung beetle. It's a Metroidvania game where you can't jump, but instead it's like cross between uh, it's like you go into these various pinball puzzles and on my switch OLED, it looks beautiful. Um, and I played sin and punishment on switch with the N64 controller. And that was very cool because that game is amazing. So yeah, that's it. Those yeah. are all the games I've played a lot of yeah, switch cool. stuff. Judgment finish that over the weekend and I'll have some more stuff to talk about next week. I've been playing Kina. Kana. They can't really decide how they want to pronounce her name in that game, but we'll talk about that next week. All right. Last thing to talk about here, the Steam Deck. What I can talk about, I can talk about the hardware and I can Mm -hmm. talk about my games running on the hardware. I can't talk about anything else, which is fortunate because I haven't done anything else with it. I've played Black Widow. I've played Centipede and I've messed around with the hardware, which was which had awful download speeds in the office but now that i'm here at home, and yeah. at home with my own download speeds they're actually pretty good so i was able to download them and play them first thing i thought when i pulled out the steam deck was i don't need this thing this thing <laughs> is <laughs> enormous like it's like three it feels like it's three times the size of the switch like it is huge wow. especially like in the case it is big on its own in your hands. It's big. Like it is literally as wide as my shoulders. It's like my shoulder legs when I'm holding this thing Whoa. together. Like okay. It that's is, big. It's wide, man. Like it's really, it is yeah, big. You're, you're, you're small, but you're not that small. Yeah. Like the, I'm trying to like, let me see here. Steam deck uh, dimensions. Like just so you understand how big this thing is. Yeah. So what the hell is this? Come on, give me an inches. What is, Oh, this is a millimeters, 298. I don't know what that means. I guess it's like a foot across then. Yeah. That's yeah. big. Holy yeah. crap. A foot across. 298 by 117 by 49 millimeters. Wow. It's big. Yeah. So it's, it's a chonky boy. Um, it's heavy. So playing it for a while is going to be a little tough. Like I was, I was playing centipede on it or I was playing black widow a little longer. And it was just like, kind of my hands were not really fully on board with, you know, (laughs) playing this thing for a very long period of time. Um, and yeah, but on the other hand, the hardware is despite it being huge and unwieldy and something that I, there's no way I would want to take this thing out on a subway, um, a day to day, like I do with my switch just because like 
just throw it in the bag. You feel it. You feel it. And, um, but the hardware is really, really tight and well done. It's not flimsy. Despite how big this thing is, it feels like really well put together, super tight, really strong and sturdy. Like it's really nice hardware. It feels premium, feels good. All the sticks feel good. The buttons feel good. But there's also a shit ton of buttons on this thing because you got everything at the top. You got the two, the usual suspects, but then you also have the face that the, the um, like these plates which are used for, um, you know, like for mouse pads, like these track pads, one on each side. There's just so much surface area. The hmm. thing is big. And honestly, that's my biggest problem because I think I might've said it to you before where I look at this thing, I'm like, this is awesome. But I think the second gen revision of it is really where it's going to be at. Like yeah, that's sure. where it's going to be at because they'll probably figure out the battery life a little bit better They'll probably make it smaller and tighter. Um, you might even see a version without the without the touchpads so that they could slim it down a bit more. Like, I don't really know what they would do, or they'll make the screen bigger because there's a lot of bezel around the screen. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. Switch Gen 1 bezel, like pre-OLED. So it's like that. But it's just like imagine putting that thing in a casing that's 50% bigger. It's like it's just I I know that it I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but that's really the biggest impression where it's like, I want to love this thing. I love the idea of having like a super powerful thing so I could take it on the go and play anything on basically any game period. Cause I could install windows on it and then yeah. install the game pass games on there. Are you kidding? That's awesome. Like Scarlet Nexus is on game pass. That's on my list of games to play. And I have every intent to play it on, on Xbox, but you're, and I could stream it on X cloud. Sure. But I could do that for my phone. I'm not going to use, I'm not going to haul around this thing. I'd sooner grab like a, an Xbox controller and throw that in my bag and use the clamp. I did that a lot over the summer when I was down at the beach. That's how I played through a lot of Greedfall and it was great. But to haul out this thing for Game Pass, no, the, the dream of this thing is playing it locally on this hardware. Yeah. So, so to be able to play anything on this hardware is awesome. And the fact that it's just so unwieldy. It's very I'm big. Like, yeah, I'm watching a video. Of, I'm watching kind of a raw video of of it's actually a woman, I believe, playing this, and it just looks giant in her hands. Like it's mm -hmm. it it feels like if I'm gonna have to carry this thing around, I'd much rather just have a PC. Yes, if it's gonna exactly. Be this big. Yeah, right. Like, because or, the other or even thing just is, like a laptop, yeah. right? Like, and I I personally don't like gaming on a laptop. I've tried, but like if you really wanted a portable, like you might as well carry a laptop at this point with the, mm -hmm. given how big this is and like yeah i kind of agree about the touch pads i think the touch pads are unnecessary they're necessary if you want to play a game like a real-time strategy game yeah i guess but yeah so that that's kind of where i don't rationalize it because if i was to like even this is something where sitting on a plane right you're gonna play this thing on a plane there's a Ugh. use case sure big but, but still it's still big but it takes up so much space it takes so what I'm packing, I like to pack light. The switch is pretty is so sleek and thin that you throw it in your bag and you kind of forget about it. It really doesn't take up much space at all. And I'm already going to be bringing a laptop most likely if I'm traveling somewhere. Like let's say yeah, I'm doing again, a work trip. If the battery right? life is going to be crappy, I'd much rather just have a laptop that's going to have a a less than ideal battery life if I'm playing games. But if I'm doing regular stuff, it's got dual use, right? So this I'm yeah, you can install Windows on it, but this is not going to be as convenient to type an email on. Um, no versus like, playing this is a, a game. This is this a is, gaming. It's a gaming device, system. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. What's like watching? Yeah, like it just feels like they kind of crammed a bunch of crap into it, which is why it's weird. Yeah, look, I think as a Gen One product, it's awesome. I think yeah. there's going to be an audience for people who love it. I think they're going to sell everyone they make, which is great because I think their second iteration of it is going to be like it's going to be amazing. And maybe it's not the second one. Maybe it's the third one. Maybe it takes the surface pro- trajectory where it took mm. them three attempts to really get it right. Because I think there's there's definitely something to this, and it can work, but yeah, this is this is not going to be the mainstream one. This isn't going to yeah. be the mainstream version of it. So, so a question for you: Maybe this is some of the things you can't talk about from a developer standpoint. Does this seem like does this seem like the beginning of something that will have things that are developed for the steam deck directly or is it really just a, a way for you to tap into all these different marketplaces because yeah, well, the like whole reason someone, i have one yeah. is uh is because it's the dev kit yeah yeah so exactly there but, is, but that, that's why i guess can, why i'm kind of asking yeah. like can you are they expecting for people to develop games directly for this steam deck well you would you would develop it to be optimized for it because here's right, the okay. cool thing here's here's what's really cool about it is that i installed asteroids and black widow we don't have the, we, it only worked. Those games are only for windows right now. This is a Linux right. system. So they have a program on there that whatever they're doing on the steam deck here is automatically converting the game. Did it run perfectly? No. Like the, there right, were some true. really messed up scenarios in the, in the menus, especially on black widow centipede didn't have those problems. But when, once I got into the game it ran fine, which is crazy because that thing runs Linux. So that's running, it's doing something. I think it's like their part, uh, what is it called? Their Proton or Photon, whatever that is. And that's allowing me to play a Windows game on this Linux device. And we haven't done anything to make that work, which is really cool. So you see that, and now you're going to roll it out to an audience of whoever the hell is getting these things. And that's something that, okay, well, we we can tweak these things to work for that hardware, just like you'd build it to spec for for windows or um or linux or mac it's another platform and it's a and it's a system that there's only one version sort of i guess there's those different um hard drive versions of it but for the most part it's it's one processor that you have to scale for one screen size and we can say okay yeah we'll just make sure if it's on a steam deck then it's going to run like this you know that's why the the hardware is going out now so you can do that before the rollout later this year. Right. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the team about it on Monday. We're going to, huh. we're going to talk about it. See what, see how much effort it takes to do because you know, we're talking about maybe doing those, those Linux ports and, and Mac ports. So I'm do that anyway. So we'll see what happens. But so far, like I said, the hardware is very cool. It's very gen one. And by that, I just mean, again, it's huge. It's just way yeah. too big. And I just don't see a practical use case of it. I don't, this is not going to be mainstream because you just can't, you just can't, who's going to haul this thing around? Who? Yeah. Yeah. And especially when there's so many kids playing games on their phone and it's like, you just don't, have, and, and the switch, right? Like the switch for me is kind of as big as I'm going at this point for a handheld. Yeah. If you this can't make not, it the same this or is smaller not a switch size. Killer. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I mean. If it's if you're not able to make something that is smaller and more powerful than the Switch, then I'm going to stick to the Switch. There's enough games coming out that I can I can live off of it. I'm good. Now, if you're if you're somebody who 
on the other hand, uses a portable device at home mostly. Yeah. For whatever reason, because, you know, I don't know, you got, you want to give up the TV or you do have kids and you don't, and you just want to keep things more private, you know, then there could be a use case for that as well. But I think, um, I think now most people who are getting it now are going to hop on this bandwagon to, for the novelty of it. Hmm. And then I think by gen two, gen three, when they, because the cost is not bad for it. I think it like starts at what, like 400 bucks, 350 maybe? No, yeah. 450. But they're competing with the coming. Switch though. That is their direct, all handheld systems are competing with the Switch at this point. It starts point. at 400 bucks. And I have the, I, I don't, I don't know what the dev kit is, but there's more storage in it. I have like, I, I, I think I have like the highest end version is what they sent us, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, just, that's just based on the storage that's in it. Cause there's, there's at least that much storage in there, which is great. But the, um, so that's very cool. Um, and they may be competing with the switch. They're not going to produce nearly as many as switch has. So they'll sell out and there'll be that scarcity, um, which is cool. But at the end of the day, like I said, they'll sell everyone they make by this time next year, gen two will either be announced or be released. And it'll it'll just blow this thing away. And as long as they could keep that starting price point at four hundred bucks, I think I think you got something here. So it's a great proof of concept. It's very cool. It also proves that Valve can make some really damn good hardware. Because um, this, and again, I draw the corollary to the Surface line because you knew from the beginning when that first Surface came out, it's like, whoa, Microsoft really made a pretty damn good device from a hardware standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then once they got to, then once they had like the multi-stage kickstand in the Surface 2 and then completely redesigned it with three by two aspect ratio and that like that unlimited angle design of the Surface 3 and reduced the bezels and made a better typing keyboard. It's like they set the standard for it, a two-in-one lap and what a two-on-one uh, convertible um could be for windows just like here i think that by the third version they're gonna be like no this is what a portable pc looks like and it's gonna put those guys like gp gdp or gpd hmm. um it's gonna put them to shame and, uh, and i look forward to it and i hope i and i believe they'll they'll do it so it's cool yeah so what i'm saying is try to get your hands on one but don't buy one yeah sounds good <laughs> And with that, I got nothing else to say. Look at that. That's a show. Go to review us, do all that stuff. Subscribe. He's abroad.com. Links are there. iTunes, all podcast services. Check that out. And until next week, this podcast is over. <laughs>